With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 570 of my podcast, The Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network, and one of the longest-running single-hosted pop culture podcasts in Ontario. I'm your host, Russell. A terrific show lined up for you today, jam-packed show, if you will, as we are just marching towards summer, and lordy, lordy. It's getting warm. And just uh, an update for y'all who actually listen. Um, that there, I did tell you there was a massive tree that was hugging the house that we were renting. And that is gone. I can look out my little recording studio window here. And there's no more tree, which is good. Um, so that's just an update for you, if you're interested. Uh, coming up on the show today, lots of things to talk about, including not one, ladies and gentlemen, but two giveaways for you, courtesy of the good friend, my good friends at Universal and HBO. But more on that at the end of the show. So listen through the end of the show, and I will tell you how to win some things, courtesy of me. And all you got to do is listen. How easy is that? So what's on the show and the things I would give away are things that I am reviewing on this very episode. So how's that for a time, ladies and gentlemen? We're going to kick things off in the horror realm, which I don't do too often here. But I'm going to do it anyway, with a Blu-ray review of Us, courtesy of Universal Home Video, where it's doppelganger time, and that always means kind of dead time. Then we go from there uh, back to uh, back to back in time, but this time not to the shores of Scotland. Well, not very for very long. With we go back to Outlander season four on Blu-ray, courtesy of Sony Home Video. We pick up Jamie and Claire as they you know fight for life in the new world. Then we go from the fighting Frasers to a very fighty kind of woman, if you will, with the uh, the one of the um, last entries in Phase 3 of the MCU. Before there was Endgame, there was Marvel's Captain Marvel, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Video. Yes, the movie I could have, that I, I didn't see before Endgame. I'll give you my impressions of this movie, how it fits into the whole Endgame picture, and do you need to have watched this 
before you watched Endgame? Because that's a question I couldn't really answer. And speaking of Endgames, my last review today is Season 8 of Game of Thrones, the final season on digital, which is out right now, courtesy of HBO Home Video. The nice folks at HBO were able to give me a copy of the Season 8 uh, the copies of the episodes from season eight, including extras. So I'll finally give you my take on the final season of Game of Thrones and what I thought of the whole saga in general. And as with all my reviews, folks, I, they are going to be spoiler free as much as I can be. And, and I'll give you my honest opinion out of everything I talk about today. That is what is coming up in the show. As I said at the start, I have not one but two giveaways to give you, and if you keep listening, I will tell you uh, what I'm giving away in each review, and then I'll tell you how you can enter those contests at the end of the show. So keep listening right at the end, and I will tell you how you can get a hands on two of the things I'm talking about today. So that's it for this early part of the show. We're going to take a quick little musical interlude right at the first review of the program. We write more review for this episode is Us, courtesy of Universal Home Video. Now, I remember when this movie was like advertised, and it looked super creepy, super creep. And you know what? I don't review a lot of, I, I don't, you know, it's not really Halloween time, so I don't really review a lot of creepy movies lately, but I do enjoy that here and now and again. If you're a long-time listener in your show, uh, this show, you know I like a good creepy movie. So I saw the trailers for this, and I thought... Yeah, this looks interesting. And it really is. Now, this is directed by Jordan Peele, who recently did Get Out, and he directed that. And, of course, he was also a producer on Black Klansman, which I have reviewed on this show. And he's a very interesting director in that and you get this when you get to the, the, the bonus features, and we'll talk about that in a bit, that he, he, likes, he likes to, like, send a message but not thump you over the head with the message, and he's really a fan of, of the horror genre. And you can tell that he is. He really is. In this story, we catch up, you know, just a, a small little family uh, that is just going out to spend some vacation, uh, you know, um, away. And, and where they go is interesting, because they, where they go to spend their lo- location is is in the same location, um, the uh, beachside, that um, one of my favorite horror movies, Lost Boys, is filmed in. Santa Clarita, I believe. And, and that's kind of cool, because if you watch Lost Boys, just for one, I'm just going to go there, they, 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 one of my favorite parts of that movie, and I had that on Blu-ray. I highly recommend it if you want to see a double Corey film. Is there one of the and the soundtrack for Lost Boys is just awesome. Um, one of the the opening scenes for that is they're driving into town, and you hear the people are strange when you're a stranger. Faces look ugly when you're alone. That song, and and it it really sets the tone, and in that movie that sound is just super creepy there there's a lot of people kind of hanging around and it's no surprise the vampires there so you get that here that 
it may look kind of pretty in the app, but there's an underbelly. And right at the start of this movie, we it, it goes to the creep land. Bam! Right away, we get that. And then it pops out, but only for a short time. So the movie involves th- this family, okay, uh, that that go, you know, the Wilsons, who are going to, um, <laughs> going to, you know, take a nice little vacation in this area of town, and their their vacation kind of gets cut short when four people show up at their doorstep that look exactly like them. But these are the twisted kind of, you know, I know Stranger Things, they have the upside-down world, kind of like that. This is like the, the, the perverted people that look just like them, but character-wise, and eh, not to so much. And and then they start terrorizing this family. And then as the movie goes on, you're thinking, well, no, it's not just this family that's going through this. And and it's something where all these doppelgangers kind showing up, and it's very similar. It kind of gives you that kind of whole invasion of body snatchers kind of feel to it in a way, except there's no pods. And and they go to explain it as the movie goes. And what I, what was interesting about this movie as well is is they they um the all the people that have doubles, these are the actors themselves playing their own double, which is really cool. And and I gotta give the the credit to the actors in this one, especially. Uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who who plays Adelaide and 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 Red, the main female one, the the duality in their characters is really pretty good. I mean, they're completely opposite, and and they do it well, and they do that that trick where they like film a scene, and then they like spend all day in the character's head, and then they film that, and then they switch out, and then they be the other character. Now. In the extras, they kind of show how they did it, I guess, with body doubles and stuff. But a lot of times, and probably face masking, and, and they show, and, and, you know, not to jump ahead a bit, but the extras in this one disc set are pretty darn good for for this kind of release. I mean, it really goes in depth. The only thing that's really missing is audio commentary by Jordan Peele. That surprises me a little bit. Of all the extras, they kind of leave that one out, which is odd. There, there as, as he talks about, there are a lot of nods to um, other horror movies. You can tell he's a fan. You have kind of gloves, almost a la Freddy Krueger. You have like jumpsuits, very much like Michael Myers. So, so you can tell he's a fan of horror, absolutely. And the music in this movie, oh man, it is really is super creepy, and it really sets the tone. Also, the lighting I found in a lot of scenes really worked well, and and the way they did this stuff, I mean, it was they used some good camera trickery. It was so much done. I'm looking at it going, okay, they did this certain way. You you. The, the way they film it, it's like you genuinely feel that there are two people there, but in reality you're going, oh, okay, maybe there really wasn't, but the on film it looks really good, and and just there are there's sheer moments of, like, terror and suspense. I like, the way these movies, I like challenge you to watch this in, like, a darkened room just being by yourself and not get super creeped out with this kind of movie. 
Uh, you know, us again also um, uh, points out to to the um, the other actors in this one. I I thought that the the actress of Zora, uh, played by Shadi uh, Wright Joseph, she is great in this. A little kid who plays Jason, Evan, Alex. He, again, duality is really good, and 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 Gabe, or, or Abraham, as is Winston Duke, is is good in this as well. There's a really good creepiness. There's a twist at the end. <laughs> That's really good. You may not see it coming. You may see it coming. I'm not going to spoil it for y'all, but but it is a really good twist. You're like. Oh, kind of thing. And if they do a sequel, I'm really curious to see where it goes. A lot of the the violence in here is just like, wha-bam, out of nowhere. And that really works well for it. There's a bit of humor because, you know, you can tell, well, he's a, uh, uh, a fan of humor in horror movies, and it definitely has some bits of black humor. The The facial expressions of these actors are are really good and and it's a it's a really suspenseful movie i i I definitely recommend it i i like this guy jordan peele he has a really good taste of cinematography makes me want to watch get out just to compare i did like black klansman i did did review that on this very show a few episodes back and you can look for that it's a few episodes behind that i talked about that and um, i like this guy's style it really is appealing it is quoted by The Atlantic as worth seeing again and again. Yeah, it, it is one of those movies I would definitely look back at, especially after watching the extras and watch it maybe another time. After a while, just because just of the sheer creepiness of it. Uh, it also, it's also called A Colossal Cinematic Achievement, which is a pretty lofty thing to say. Uh, that's from Richard Bailey, uh, Brody of The New Yorker. Yeah, it's it's very cinematic. The best horror film of all time by Nath and Nathaniel Braille of Heroic Hollywood. All time, okay, okay. See, all time, that's a big, I don't like quotes like that. That's a big area we're talking about here, folks. So, pfft. one of the better horror movies I've seen in a while? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say Creepness Factor right up there with The Nun I talked about not that long ago. In that sheer atmospheric, creepy kind of feel which to me that's what a good horror movie does right it generally creeps you out and this one hands down yeah did that for me extras as i said i've been hinting at the whole review here lots of them on just a one disc release keep in mind there is one extra on the blu-ray you won't find on a dvd which is odd which is uh three scene explorations everything else though is on the dvd including the monsters within us Within us and tethered together, making us twice. How they see they kind of show how they did that, but then they show it, but then they don't totally explain it. It's like, okay, so you just body doubles and face masking because the way the two versions interact with each other is really interesting. You get uh, as below, so below the grand pad de, so you get a full scene of something that was hinted in the movie. Becoming red. This is this is um, the the um, the actress. Just get this is an interesting feature. They show uh, Lupita 
in between takes, in character as Red. So the camera isn't rolling for her scene. She's just uh, sitting there, chilling out. And it's super spooky how she stays in character. Um, the duality of us and, and, that's, and deleted scenes. So there's a lot of extras uh, to this. Is also something, an extra where they um, just have the actors kind of riffing, riffing lines to each other. Overall, it is a very good horror movie. Super creepy. <laughs> it can, and it's very violent at times, too. Ooh. So, be forewarned. Not a one to watch with the kitties around. Absolutely not. I would not recommend that. But as a horror movie, I like it. Um, Jordan Peele obviously likes horror, so uh, I'm really curious to see what his next entry will be because if it keeps up with this, yeah, I'll definitely check out more of his films. So that is my... Oh, and before I wrap up, I did mention at the start of the show, I did, I did, that, that I have one and two giveaways to give, which is really cool. First of which is a copy of us. I, I working with the great folks at Universal. I have an opportunity, folks, to give you a copy of this very movie, an actual physical copy. Now, this contest is open to U.S. and Canada residents only. I'm sorry, my international listeners who are out there. I can only do this within the U.S. and Canada. That is as far as they will ship it for me. So, and what Universal will do is they will actually ship you this when you win it this prize so all i'll need to get from the winner is just your mailing address whatever it is within us and canada and then once you're the winner i will pass that along to the good folks universal and they will get this movie on to you now you may be asking yourself what what move what what's what's part of the contest well i gotta make this easy for you okay because I want to give this away. You're, all you have to do to win a copy of us is this. Tweet me the response, and the first person who tweets me it, right, goes to, and I'll tell you my Twitter address at the end of the show, first person who tweets me the answer to this question, uh, I, I will DM you back, and you can DM me your address, and then I will pass it on to Universal, and a copy of what I just reviewed on Blu-ray will be going right to you. You all you need to do to win this is answer this really simple question. And I just talked about this in this review, so I'm going to make it really easy for you. What two horror movies did I say that Jordan Peele referenced in this movie? What two horror franchises did he reference in this movie? First person that tweets me the correct answer to that, I will get in touch with you with a DM on Twitter. And then you can send me your address. I will pass that along to the good folks at Universal. And they will, in turn, send you a physical copy of this movie. It's just that simple. I'm trying to make it easy for y'all. So, first person who, and I just told you the answer a few minutes ago, gives it to me. I will be more than happy to do my part. All right? So, there you go. That's giveaway number one. Keep listening, because uh, there's another giveaway with another review later in the show. So keep listening. So that is my take of us on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Video.
A TV show on Blu-ray review for this episode is Outlander, Season 4, courtesy of great folks at Sony Home Video. Now, this, of course, is the fourth season of the Outlander series, and it's been really one of my favorite kind of new shows. Now, as I've said in past previous episodes, I have uh, listened to audiobooks of almost a, well, a good chunk of the Outlander stories by Dana Gabelblum. And, and, and when it comes to getting caught up, the last one I probably read is the, this, the, this book based on this season, because I don't remember much more happening. So in watching this series, I always had a kind of knowledge like, okay, I kind of know what's going to happen this season if it's based on the book. So I expect these things to happen going forward in, in season five. I don't know how much I will know. I haven't had a chance to go through all of her Outlander novels. There are eight of them. I'm pretty sure I got up to four, but time and everything, folks, I didn't get to finish them all. So my knowledge on the books is kind of stopping pretty much around here. So it's interesting to watch this season and go, okay, I know mostly what's going to happen because I, I was more confident about the first three. Now, at the end of season three, of course, folks, we, we had a huge cliffhanger where where uh, Claire and Jamie get washed up on the shores of America after trying to get back to Scotland with young Ian and Fergus and Marceline and the rest of them. So, so uh, Violent Storm washes them up on the shore in America. And one of the big questions we had, because again, I didn't remember everything in the book, I'm thinking like, Okay, who survived the wreckage other than Claire and Jamie? That gets answered pretty quickly uh, at the start of the season. Now, you know, folks, I try my best to be spoiler-free on my reviews. You know that. You want spoilers, you know, go to somebody else, typically. I've I've reached out and you people don't want them, so I'm going to keep it spoiler-free. So I won't, I don't want to go into much detail on who survived because I don't want to spoil things. Or any of you were like on the edge of your seats in season three. Now, mind you, season four has been out for a while. It was released quite a few months ago when it hit, when it was aired on the W network here in Canada. And I'm not sure if it did in the States, but W here in Canada. So you can find out if you want. Um, but you know, that, that is, I'm not going to say, but suffice it to say, they weren't the only survivors. Okay. Of, of that, shipwreck so claire and jamie decide you know what they could try to work to going back to scotland but jamie gets an offer from from a high-end kind of governor saying hey you know jamie you're kind of a man of means i'm gonna offer you this huge chunk of land in the carolinas because that's kind of where they wash up and and you can have it but but you need to work it and you need to like i think it was like ten thousand acres which is crazy and you can have it, but in turn, you have to work it and you have to get other people to, to, to kind of come on the land and pay the taxes. Taxes is a big kind of storyline in this novel and this season, because in this season, we're starting about 1768. And of course, if you know your history, the American Revolution isn't that far away. It's like 1770 something. I'm not the best. Sorry, my American listeners. I'm not the best of American history, but it's somewhere around there. So, so we're getting to the cusp of that resolution. And, you know, Claire, 
as usual, knows history and knows what's coming, but doesn't want Jamie involved in another war. I mean, they've been through so much, but they really take a liking to Carolinas and they decide to settle there along with a few other people a- as well, other than, than the, cause it's, it's a new world and they get this gorgeous stretch of land. So you have that part of the story there and a lot of repercussions from season three kind of roll over into season four. I know people, I always say, oh, do I need to have watched the previous seasons to watch this season? Absolutely an outlander. Yes, you can kind of jump in, really, and, and but you lose a lot of the dynamics of characters and stuff. So I really would recommend, if you haven't a chance, go back and see the previous three seasons. There's a lot of repercussions that kind of hit this season. So you have Jamie and, and Claire and other family members trying to sort out their life in, in, in you know, colonial America. And then in the future, we also have a, a twin kind of story going on with Brianna and Roger, uh, a relationship that was hinted on, but really gets a working over um, in this season. And, and, and their, their journey takes a very interesting twist as well. Now, part of what happens with, with Roger and Brianna, I kind of remembered from the novel, so it wasn't that big of a shock to me. To, 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 so I'm not going to say what it is in case you haven't read the novels yet. So that happens. Also, um, the Frasers meet up with a character called Stephen Bonnet, who has a very impact, a very big impact on the family as the season goes forward. Also, I'm going to tell you, the season starts, starts very, woo, very dark. There's something that happens, you're like, Oh, we're starting off the season that way. So keep that in mind. Um, so that now, as with every season of Outlander, they always dink with the theme. You know, I I still love the original theme. You know, the drums and the Scottish, you know, bagpipes and all that kind of stuff. And in each season, they kind of tweak it. In the second season, they kind of were in Paris. I believe. So that was a bit of a Parisian kind of tweak to it. Third season, they were in the West Indies. So I had that kind of tweak to it. I liked both those changes. I still felt they, even though they were different, they kept the spirit of the actual theme song uh, that Bear McCary wrote. Now, this fourth season, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I didn't like what they did. I didn't like how they Americanized it up with the whole... And and kind of Americanized. Sure, it's still her singing it, but it doesn't fit. I listened to it once, and I'm going to say, Ramblers, I skipped. Boop, boop, boop. I skipped the whole rest of the season. I didn't like the remix. Now, I'm hoping that comes season five, even though they're still in America, they don't keep it again because they're still in America. I'm really, really hoping they change it. Please. But, you know, I can't be the only one that doesn't like it. I tried to look it up to say, well, maybe other people didn't like it. But I couldn't find it, so uh, I don't know. So that's a little annoying. I'm going to tell you that. Now, this comes on five Blu-rays. Once again, Sony has it's, I'm nitpicking, but 
I'm giving you honest reviews, folks. Once again, Sony loves to stack their TV shows. So you have one side, two are stacked, and the other side, three. No nice little flippy flips like other people do. A little annoying. I do prefer each disc on a flip. That way you reduce the amount of scratching as opposed to piling one on top of the other. <sighs> so that's there. That is a shame to that. All the notes for the season are on the inside, which is kind of annoying. No little booklets. If you want to read anything, you got to take all the discs out. There is no booklet. There is a... um little leaflet that includes all the books because this one is based on the fiery cross the other ones are breath of snow and ashes an echo in the bone and written in my own heart's blood those are the ones coming up in the um so that no actually no sorry the drums of autumn is this season the next one is the fiery cross that's season five then breath of snow of ashes echo in the bone and written in my own heart's blood i don't I said, I do remember Drums of Auden. I don't know if I went through Fiery Cross. And all the other ones, ee-ee-ee-ee. So like I said, it's going to be interesting to hit season five, and I'm going, I don't remember a lot of the story. And I am tempted, partly, to to go to those stories and listen to them. But you know what? I, I, I feel in a way I get spoiled because I know it, so I'm just going to back off, and I'm going to just watch it, and maybe I'll revisit the novels after... It's done. Because I don't like sometimes doing things. I like more of a kind of huzzah. So that's the whole reason why I haven't listened to any of the Game of Thrones books that are based on the show. For that reason. Okay. So uh, now it comes to extras. Sony always does really good with these extras. I really like. Now I didn't get. Unfortunately it wasn't able to get my hand. The super fancy limited edition version. Uh, Sony didn't send that to me. But they did send me the Blu-ray. So you do get exclusive Blu-ray bonuses. Sony loves doing this. So besides a nice picture and sound, you do get four never-before Outlander untold bonus scenes. These are like kind of deleted scenes that they tack on the end of the episode. And Ronald D. Moore will explain why. Well, he explains the deleted scenes, but these are just extra scenes that I guess could have fit in the episode, but they didn't have time for them. Uh, for other Blu-ray exclusive features, you do get Outlander Untold again uh, through the Stones. So uh, a feature on, on the the Stones of, of the series. People of Worth Frasers, a nice little look at the family itself. Deleting extended scenes with introduction again by Ron D. Moore. So I always like that, how he tells you this is why we deleted this. and But still worth checking out. And then you also have writer and producer commentaries on most of the episodes. Now, it's writer and producer, not director, not actor. So as much as I say, yes, thank you for commentaries, not enough TV shows do that, I would have liked director and actors, but maybe I'm just being picky. Um, so you have that as well. Um, you also, the non-Blu-ray extras, you also get a gag reel. I love gag reels. They're very funny. Uh, here in the New World, so just uh, focusing on the life in America, nothing is lost, look back, uh, look back. So just kind of a history lesson. And then a uh, uh, feature on training Rolo. Rolo is a new addition to the cast. He is kind of like a wolf dog that one of the family members kind of adopts. Overall, I did enjoy this season. There was enough of it I didn't remember that I found really intriguing. The, the ending it is quite 
interesting. And I'm really curious to see where they go with it in season five. Because because the ending of this novel, Jamie has some explaining to do um, when it comes to some of his family members. <laughs> as a result of what happens. Uh, also, we get a lot of new characters. Some older characters return. Some new ones like Aunt Chicosta, who runs a plantation run by a lot of slaves. Claire has a very problem with slavery. So that's interesting. Uh, very interesting new character with that, who is visually impaired as well, too. So that that is a nice little twist. Overall, I, I did like it. it. It's it. you know, Claire and Jamie have a really good, these two have really good chemistry. And it really is a fun season to watch. Overall, um, definitely worth uh, recommending it. There are some scenes that are tough to watch. You know, this show can get very violent. There are a lot of um, references to the third season, a lot of repercussions there. Some really heartwarming moments in this. A nice, and and even um, the the actor that played Frank gets, a, there's like an interesting little flashback and cameo in this one. Uh, by Tobias Menzies, where we find more about his relationship with Brianna, and 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 that that really gets established. They they kind of hinted it in season three, but they really work on that even more in season four. So nice to see. Overall, uh, fun. The the countryside is gorgeous where they filmed this, and and we also get introduced to uh to kind of um Native Americans. We get Mohawk. We get Cherokee. In this one, I, you know, I much would have preferred if they'd done the intro with more of a kind of native kind of twist to it, like a Native American twist with a bit of that kind of stuff, other than the twang, twang, a twangy. Ugh, what they gave me. Also, thinking of music, there's a very whew, interesting use of a modern song in this, which you don't hear very often, of America the Beautiful. <laughs> A very interesting use of that song in this season. Overall, uh, a fun season. Uh, definitely worth checking out. Uh, looking forward to season five and the, the twists and turns that are in that one. But but another fun journey with Claire and Jamie. On So that is my take of Outlander season four on Blu-ray. Courtesy of the great folks at Sony Home Entertainment.
second Blu-ray movie review for this episode is Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel on 4K Blu-ray, the Cinematic Universe Edition, courtesy of Walt Disney Home Video. Now, I heard so much hype for this movie, lordy morty, and so much controversy with this movie when it came out in theaters. I'm telling you, this thing was so panned by a lot of people when this came out. And a lot of people are calling this the weakest entry in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So I was very curious to see if all this negativity I heard was warranted. Because I don't know if you heard, the negativity went so far that Rotten Tomatoes completely changed the way they rated movies because of this movie. They totally changed their algorithm to that. This is all the hubbub that was around this. Now, this movie stars Brie Larson as Captain Marvel, not to be confused with Shazam. That's a whole other thing we'll talk about later. Uh, who, uh, Captain Marvel slash Vers slash Carol Danvers who is a woman who is suffering from a very bad case of amnesia and grumpiness, I'm going to say, in this movie. We start the movie, and, 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 and Brie Larson character, she is a member of the Star Force by the Kree. And then we establish in this movie that this, this is very kind of Guardians of the Galaxy kind of spacey movie, where we establish that the verse, as she plays to start here, is a warrior of of the of the Kree Empire, who and and we established in the movie that the Kree and the Skrulls have been fighting for a very very long time. And if you know your Marvel comics, this has been a long running rivalry here. This the Kree and the Skrulls in comics, we're going back to the sixties seventies kind of era. So they've been around a long time. And this is the first live action. They've been animated entries of them in some of the, you know, animated shows. But this first live action, we've had a look at scrolls, And scrolls are kind of green, shape-shifting aliens that can mimic pretty much anybody they can see. And if they're the super scroll, then they can mimic the powers of Fantastic Four. But that is not in this movie. So don't worry about that so that that is is him in this movie so 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 he's not in this movie so 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 Brie Larson plays her so, so she's a member of this kind of I guess strike force for the Kree uh, that that are trying to fight against the scroll who are invading the galaxy now 
this movie plays a lot with perception because me being a Marvel Universe kind of fan, and if you'd see the giant Marvel picture I have in my studio here, you'd know that. One day when I do YouTube, I'll show it off. Um, so I, I know I know about the Scree for the longest time. Look back at the um, uh, the Avengers uh, animated series from a while back, or its Mightiest Heroes. They the Kree scroll stuff was right in there, and they always were portrayed to me as the bad guy. There's always Kree is good, scrolls are bad. Essentially, this movie kind of flips it on the head. Now, again, I saw Endgame before I saw this movie, so all I saw of Captain Marvel was in Endgame, which really wasn't a lot. You know, she kind of comes in, does stuff, goes out, and so you really can get a handle on her character that way. And what's funny is that they she filmed her stuff in Endgame before she filmed her stuff in Captain Marvel. So it's kind of funny the way that, because you can kind of tell Marvel, she kind of had, it's just the way she acts. It, you can kind of tell the difference there. Now, this movie is directed by two directors I've never heard of before. Which, I don't know if that was a good decision. Uh, they're directed by Anna Borden, Anna Bowden, and Ryan Fleck, who previously have all they've done is directed TV shows. This is really their first big budget movie they've ever directed, which makes me go, were they really the best decision for this? Because, you know, I know Marvel and Disney, they like to take chances. As much as they'll hire Kenneth Branagh for Thor, they sometimes like to go outside the box. And in this instance, I don't know if that was a good idea. Now, I'm not going to be negative Sally and, and dump on this movie like some people and say, this is the worst movie of everything. This is so garbage. It's all blah, 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 blah. No. Does this movie have issues? Yes. Uh, does this movie give me the feels I got from Aquaman and Wonder Woman? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest, honest reviews. No, it doesn't. It, it it doesn't make me really want you know like give me that same like I felt more for Black Widow Widow in Endgame than I did for her, and and I don't know if it's her the way they directed Brie, but for the most part in this movie she is just grumpy and po'd. There's little bits of humor. When she tries to smile and she tries to kind of be nice and, you know, uh, Sam Jackson as Nick Fury helps with that. But they're, they're fleeting moments, I'm going to tell you. And, and, and what's funny with this movie is that some of the best acting in this movie, to me, is done by Sam Jackson. It's, it's done by the supporting cast. Sam Jackson, Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, the scroll. He's good. I, I like his delivery. Uh, Jude Law as as Jan Rog, her kind of mentor in this one, to begin with. He's good. Uh, he kind of brings intensity. Now, Annette Benning is in this. <laughs> and I have nothing against Annette Benning, honestly. I don't. But uh, she plays a character in here <sighs> called the Supreme Intelligence. Now, in the comic books, 
and I think in some of the animated series, the Supreme Intelligence is a giant green skull. Multi-eyes, tentacles out of the head. That's your Supreme Intelligence. Well, I don't know. The, the, the producer, the movie, then this one did a bit of a cop-out with me. And do we get that, comic book fans? No, no, we don't. They they did a cop-out and, well, the Supreme Intelligence shows up with the person you admire the most. You know, not not a giant skull. So, so <laughs> they saved some money and, and copped out of the effects there. And, and I'm going to tell you, I'm a little disappointed. Uh, very much like I was disappointed in the um, second Fantastic Four movie by Fox back in the day when Galactus was Purple Smoke. The Devourer of Worlds, Purple Smoke, with a deep voice. So it, it's that kind of missed opportunity. And, and I hope, and I'm, I'm talking to you right now, Disney, I know you're sitting on the Fantastic Four. I know you're sitting on the X-Men right now. You you own them. They're yours. And I know you're sitting on them. You're not going to do anything with a movie about them probably till at the earliest 2021, maybe even 2022. So, sorry, Marvelites. You have a while to wait before they'll you'll ever see an MCU version of the X-Men, the Fantastic Four. So we have a while before potentially we could see Galactus on the big screen again. And I'm going to plead right now, if you're listening, Feige, uh, and anybody at Disney that's in charge of Marvel, please give us a real Galactus. Give us a giant dude with a helmet and a G. And, and make him sound like he did... In the old 1990s Fantastic Four cartoon, that like Tony J. Give me that kind of voice for Galactus in really good CGI giant dude. Giant building sized dude with a spaceship and a thing and it goes in the earth and sucks out life force and that. that that's what I want. Okay? So, so do that. Take the time. Make it happen. Don't, don't. Don't mess. You learn from the mistakes of the previous Fantastic Four movies. Do better. All right. And and for God's sakes, hire um, an established, well-known movie director. I understand taking chances, but hire somebody who's done these type of movies before. Or even these type of TV shows before. Hire somebody that's directed one of the CW shows. Or one of the Marvel TV shows. Any one of those people. Probably a good choice. Just saying. Okay? Just I'm going to put that out right there. So so, so that's, that's a bit of a disappointment for me. You know, I, I wanted a giant talking head with multiple eyes and tentacles on the head. And I didn't get that. So that's me. You know, uh, I mean, the relationship still works. But eh, cop out. So that's there. Um, so, yeah, supporting cast is good. Um, Goose the Cat is funny. Now, I am I heard things about Goose before I started this movie. He wasn't just an ordinary kitty. And so I try not to spoil myself. Now, I'll warn you people who get to some Blu-ray. There is an introduction 
on the Blu-ray that you can play before you play the movie. You can play the movie just regular, or you can play with introduction. If you don't want to be spoiled, especially about the cat, in any way, shape, or form, don't watch the intro before you watch the movie for the first time. I mean it. You're going to say, whatever, Russ. I'm trying to help you. Don't do it. I did, and I went like, damn, you buggers. And they did. They did spoil a bit for me. So, be forewarned is be forearmed. You heard it here first. First, I'm just trying to help you, peoples. All right? So, that is there. Now, extras, because I always talk about extras on the show. By the way, quotes, because I always love reading quotes. A genuine game changer by Peter Travis and Rolling Stone. I'm sorry, Peter Travis. I'm going to say no. It's not a game changer. For all the positive woman attitude stuff you want to throw. No. Not a game changer. Wonder Woman. Game changer. Aquaman. Kind of. Game changer. Because who knows that character could have such, that's such a good movie. This one? No. Not game changer. Now, the, the, the sticker says a ton of bonuses. The meat of your bonus is audio commentary by the directors. It's there. No cast or crew again. I don't know what's happening. We don't have that. So your meat and potatoes when it comes to how this was filmed is, is mostly commentary. Now, besides that, you do have a buttload of special features. Thing is, with these, they're all featurettes. They're all small little ones. And they're only on the Blu-ray, not the 4K. Um, so you get deleted scenes, you get a gag reel, you get a big hero moment, the origin of Nick Fury. Oh, that's another thing. When you find out how Fury lost his eye, bit of a letdown. Um, the scrolls and the scree, the, the scrolls and the Cree, and then a lot of other little, small little six-minute featurettes on how they made the movie. Nothing really in-depth. And, yeah, so that's there. Now, what I found interesting about the featurettes, at one point, the director is saying, oh, we got Brie Larson, because she's Academy Award winner, winner and and we want to, you know, and she has all this range of acting. And we really wanted to hire, we hired her for that. I'm thinking, well, you know, y you say that in the featurette, but I didn't see that much of a range. So I don't know if you just didn't bring it out in her. But as I said, the start, grumpy, PO'd, that was her whole attitude for 90, 89% of this movie. And I'm powerful. I will do what I want, and and I don't care what you think. So, as making somebody likable, making somebody that, no, you must care about her. At the end, you must be like, oh, glorious. You must be like, just overwhelmed at what she accomplished. And, warn you, she doesn't wear the full red, blue, yellow costumey thing to way later into the movie like this is like more than an hour in before she even puts that on so and 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 after watching this 
you, if 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 you haven't watched a trailer for it yet, don't. Uh, because the trailer that I've seen spoils a lot of stuff for the movie. There's a there's a scene where she's in space and she's blasting ships and stuff, and and I saw that in the trailer, and that's pretty much that's all that was in the movie. There isn't like why would you give that moment away in the trailer? Because there's not much more extra in the movie than what we saw in the trailer, and I think wow, you, you really why did you give that away? I. Watch me go. Well, I've already seen that quite a few times. So that that was rather odd. In this, no trailers to speak of in these extras. Overall, I mean, I see what they're trying to do. They're trying to establish her, and from what I've heard, there will be a Captain Marvel two sometime in the next phase of of the MCU. I I don't know. Uh, about a second movie. Um, um, and the de-aging of Sam Jackson and um, Coulson. Coulson won me, and Sam I, sort of looks younger, but I don't know. I I don't know where they're gonna go with a second movie. Really, I to me. You either the directors either that with first one do something different. Like I'm, I'm great to hear that the Wonder Woman movie for the second one, eighty four that's coming out quite a few months from now, is being directed by the first director Patty Jenkins. I'm glad that they're bringing her back for the second Wonder Woman movie. If they do a second Aquaman, bring James James one back for that one. Bring the same director. I'm all for it for this one for Captain Marvel two. No. Unless you do something completely different, no. Get a better director's. Get get somebody different for the second movie. Please, please. You really want to make her likable? You want to make her the focus of this next phase? <sighs> Find somebody different, really. Did I hate this movie? No. Was it the best, you know, game changer? No. Was it one of the most weakest of all the MCUs? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It, it it wasn't you know, I don't think it you know like especially compared to Endgame, Lord of Mighty, or even Infinity War. I it didn't give me those kind of feels. And maybe I'm not the target demo for this. Maybe I'm the wrong gender. But just I don't know. I, I just couldn't, you know she's just too grumpy. Um, well, slipcover for this is really cool. It's nice and embossed and shiny. So that's the movie you want to get. You do get digital code with this as well. If you're a completist, yes, I would definitely get this because it completes the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe, starting with Iron Man up until Endgame. And then Spider-Man Far From Home is kind of be an epilogue to that. Yeah, um, get it. But, um, I don't know. I just... For all the hype, I wanted better. And as I said, it's not the worst. But I didn't get the feels I wanted to. And and I think there was some lost potential in this movie. There were lots of things uh, they could have done better. And, and did a better treatment of this character than what was done. 
So that is my take of Marvel Studios' Captain Marvel on Blu-ray 4K, courtesy of the great folks of Walt Disney Home Video. TV show to review for this episode is Game of Thrones Season 8 Digital Copy Courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Video. Now of course Season 8 of Game of Thrones just wrapped up not long ago and courtesy of the great folks at HBO I was able to get a copy of the digital code of that season the physical copy from what I am being told will not be released until later this year if I was going to put bets on it for sure by Late fall, early winter, definitely by Christmas time, I think there will more likely be a Season 8 physical copy, along with more than likely a complete series run of Game of Thrones. When I hear some more, you know, word about it, news about it, I will definitely let you guys know. But for now, here is what we have when it comes, if you get the digital copy of Season 8. Season 8 is a very short season. It's only six episodes. Uh, it was decided a long time ago that Season 7, instead of being a longer season of, I believe, 13, it split, split it up into two halves. And there's been a long, whew, a long wait for Season 8. And and I'm kind of glad that, that it finally came. It took me forever. And I waited patiently and this is one of those things, it's like, oh, I didn't want to read any spoilers for it. So I was glad that it set my way. Season 8 is pretty much, 
it's a story in a conclusion in two halves. The first half, of course, is the battle of the Night King and the White Walkers, where Jon Snow and Daenerys team up to 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 fight them at Winterfell. So that's the first part of that story. And then the second half is the aftermath of that and dealing with Cersei and getting the Iron Throne. So it's kind of like a story in half. The first three are the White Walkers, or five and six is Cersei and the end of the series. And I'm telling you, as I said earlier, with Outlander, I haven't read any of the Game of Thrones stories. So all this stuff is new to me. So all the stuff that I saw with the Red Wedding and all this stuff, you know, that was all, whoa, I didn't believe that kind of happened. So this is new to me. So this was the the start of, uh, of course, the end of Season 7 and slight spoilers here for people that's been a long time. Season 7 ended with a huge ending where it was like, game on for the White Walkers. And this is what we had to deal with in Season 8. So it's a lot of build-up. See, Episode 3 is just, The Long Night is an amazing episode. It's just one massive, long episode of them fighting the Night King and his minions. And whew! And and even though there are only six episodes in this season, you are getting very long episodes. Most of these episodes are over an hour, some like an hour and 17. So it's not your typical network on a 43-minute show. So at least you're getting, you know, a good chunk of time per episode, which is cool. Uh, overall, I really enjoyed this season. I thought the effects, like Game of Thrones, always amazes me because they put like movie effects in a TV show. And we don't get disappointed. We get White Walker fights. We get dragons fighting, which is super cool, because I love me dragons. And and just, you know, a really good season. And a lot of characters don't make it by the end of this show. There are characters, and I won't say that, don't survive a lot of these battles. And man, the sheer amount of destruction you really learn in this season how much destruction a dragon can do and why they were so feared for so long. It is just massive what these creatures can do. Yikes. Um, so, so yeah, and, and there are some really gut-wrenching moments. Their decisions that characters make in this show where you're like, damn, it so could have gone another way and you chose to go that way. And consequences do happen. So, so there is that when it comes to that. Now with this digital copy, you do get extras, which is really cool. I like that. It's not just the episodes. You get one of the best extras in, in this digital copy is one called The Last Watch. This is over an hour, almost two hours look of behind the scenes of Game of Thrones for the final season. You get a lot of backstage stuff. You get a lot of behind the curtains. You get to see their lunchmobile and, and what they used to eat. You get uh, kind of an, an inside view of one of the extras who's been an extra since season four or five and and has been with the show since then so you get his perspective on it 
a really good look at at just how this was filmed. It really is an amazing documentary. You get that, you get the season eight trailer, you get season eight in production. This is an inside look at the Game of Thrones, more on the production side of it. You get anatomy of a scene. This is a really cool look at behind the scenes of making the long night, which is one of the biggest things they've ever filmed on this show. And you get to see that. So that's your extras for this. Now, I had no confirmation on this, but I can tell you from what I've seen in the past, more than likely, they, once it comes to hard copy, will more than likely get audio commentaries. None in this that we got before. We'll more likely get the animated history of Westeros stuff, which we've had in previous sets, narrated in character by a lot of the actors. More than likely, that'll be that way. And I'm going to guess a few more little featurettes kind of sprinkled in. I don't know for sure, but I have a feeling we're going to get probably these ones that are in this code and additional ones to kind of pad it out a bit. Because... Being only six episodes, I could see on Blu-ray, this will probably be season eight, a two, three, at the most, depending on extras, you could stretch it to a four-disc set. Maybe? We'll see. So that's still yet to come. Overall, I think it was a really good season. The the ending is very poignant, in my opinion. <laughs> we get some of the main characters in the story. They get set at certain places. And the ending works in a way that you could have easily took this ending and made a ninth season. You could take this ending and say, okay, we're leaving our characters here. They have a direction. And make up your own mind on where they go. And and if we start again, do we start years later with these characters? Do we start with a whole set of new characters going forward? Or do we do prequels? Because there is so much history in this universe that Jar Jar Arm has written prior to the start of Game of Thrones. So there's like 300 years worth of history, literally, they could talk about. So it remains to be seen. Much like, and mark my words, Ramblers, just like with the Harry Potter franchise, HBO, just like Warner Brothers, does not want to let this one go. Just like Warner Brothers, you know, said to JK, you know, I know you don't want to talk about Potter anymore. You've wrapped this up in a nice little bow. We st- the audience still wants more. Hence why Fantastic Beasts was made. Hence why there's a sequel. Hence why I've heard there's at least three more Fantastic Beasts movies in the works over the next few years. Because Disney, look at this, Warner Brothers loves that franchise. So that's why. So in that same logic, I could see HBO going to, going to Peter. Okay, I understand you know, that our George, going to George saying, I understand you've, you've written these characters this way, but we want more from Westeros world. We want more Game of Thrones university stuff. So, yeah, we'll just see if they're not bugging George, they did, did uh, JK to say, you need to write more. We need more stuff for a network. 
mark my words, the state here in June that oh, there'll probably be more. Just give it time because it took a while for Fantastic Beats. We we shall see. I don't think we have seen the last of the world of Westeros. Just a hunch on my part. Uh, overall, as a whole series goes, I really enjoyed Game of Thrones. I mean, it so many twists and turns. If you look at the journey that these characters have made in these in this show, it truly is amazing. The production value is crazy. Although in the featurette, they do show that they had to build a King's Landing for some of the things. Why? Why did you need to build it? Didn't you have King's Landing for a previous season, especially the whole Cersei Walk of Shame? Wasn't that King's Landing? Couldn't you have just reused that? Why did you have to build it again? They never really explained that. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't you just go to the set you had before? Unless you want to make a new one to do stuff to it and you want to leave the old one intact. That's the only thing I'm thinking of for touristy reasons. So, and when you see what happens to King's Landing... Maybe that's why they had to make a duplicate. I don't know, just conjecture on my part, but makes me wonder. Overall, I, I really fun season. Uh, it is definitely a show I, you know, could see myself going back years from now and binging the whole eight seasons in a row. Absolutely doing that for sure. I, and, and, and and if you haven't, yeah, I, I definitely recommend watching it. You definitely need to watch previous seasons before you see this season for sure. Quality-wise, in the digital code, great. I had no problems with it. I was watching on my little tablet, and it was still fine. Uh, when you redeem this, you can redeem this uh, via Google Play or iTunes, depending on how you want to watch it. And And it works well. Now... I did mention at the start of the show, I did have one, not one, but two giveaways to give. It is a precedent in the show. I've never read two at once, but here comes number two. Courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment, I I have available to you guys a copy of season eight of Game of Thrones. I can give you a copy of what I got. And all you got to do is just like with us, answer a simple question. All right. One of the things I noticed, and I can make this one a little bit harder, but you should better figure this out. One of the things I noticed in this season was there was an actor in Game of Thrones that also had a part, uh, was also a prominent character in what I talked about before in Outlander. There's a character that plays that actor that not only is an Outlander, but is also in Game of Thrones. I didn't realize that until I watched this eighth season and go, wait a minute, and yeah, he's also an Outlander. So, as part of my trivia question for this giveaway, first person who tweets me the name of that actor, first person, tweets me the name of that actor, I will be able to, I will DM you the code 
for season eight of Game of Thrones. I will DM it to you and it will be yours to use however you want. So, first person who tweets me with that answer, I will DM you that code and it will be yours to have. So there you go. Not a physical copy like with us, but I will give you exactly what I have and I can tide you over until physical copies come out later in this year. So if you've been dying to watch it and don't want to go to the trouble of finding it by other means, then, yeah. Tell me the answer to that question. Who was the actor who has played in both Game of Thrones and Outlander, who had a pretty prominent role in Outlander. And I somewhat prominent role in in no Jon Snow, but still in in Game of Thrones, who and actually did appear in season eight of Game of Thrones. So let me know. First person, you get this code, and I will give that away. So there you go. Two codes, price of one show. Can't get a better deal than that. All right, so that is my take of Game of Thrones Season 8 on digital, courtesy of the great folks at HBO Home Entertainment. Well, let's wrap things up for this edition of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me with a number of ways. You can always tweet me on Twitter. I'm at RamblingRuss at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, tweet you back. I always appreciate all my tweets and retweets and likes on Twitter and any kind of artwork that I get when it comes to any TV shows, movies, or books that I get. I generally throw it up on Twitter for you to pursue. And, of course, through Twitter, that's how you can win copies of Us and Game of Thrones Season 8. So send those tweets away, and I will do my best to get that stuff to you all. It's just that simple. Of course, you can check me out as well on Facebook. Just type in Ramble Russell and search engine. You'll find my Facebook page there. Appreciate the likes you send me that way. Of course, all new episodes are right here on the TalkShoe Network. I'm show 18411. That is my caller ID. Feel free to leave a review on that page as well. That's all my new shows are uploaded here, typically every two weeks. Sometimes I'll throw an extra one if I can, but every two weeks, usually it's up. Then all my older episodes, of course, because I've done over 13 years of doing this. My original home internet is, of course, I lives in HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S dot Libsyn dot L-I-B-S-Y-N dot com. That is my original home internet where I have over eight plus years of podcasting goodness from 2006 to almost eight years, 2013. And then I jumped here to talk to you on a regular basis. Before that, I did specials on talk to you. So you can find me there. Of course, you can also find older episodes in iTunes under podcasts. This type in Ramble Russell and you can find only older episodes in iTunes as well. All right, and uh, so coming up on the show, got lots to talk about in the coming weeks. Got a buttload of things coming to me, courtesy of the great folks at BBC. So that is on its way there. Also, Paramount did send me on a 4K Blu-ray, 13 hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. So that will be coming up in a future episode of the show. As well, I will hopefully, knock wood, getting a hold of Shazam, the other Captain Marvel, on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Video. I'm hoping to get a copy of that movie. I put my request in, and we'll see if I get that, and I'll give you my reviews on that. Lots of good review, 
of of the reviews I'm hearing in that movie, so I'm curious to see how that movie is. Although I have been slightly spoiled on it, and I'll get more into that when I talk about that. So that's to come, uh, and uh, some more titles from coming up from Paramount, and a few other things in the works, but that's what's to come on, kind of on the tap, and eventually we'll hit. Um, still working my way through the first season of 13 Reasons Why, because I have season two, but I need to get through season one first. I'll talk about that. Elementary season six, Arctur Two President season one, Vera said eight. A whole bunch of titles from the DCU on Blu-ray that I bought, including Death of Superman, The Reign of Superman, Justice League versus Fatal Five, uh, Black Lightning, which I did buy, and I did pick up uh, Batman versus Ninja Turtles, because I can't resist that. I'll, I'll probably talk about that on the show, as well as uh, sent to me for the BBC Pride and Prejudice. Excuse me. And that's probably going to happen on the show. And I did get a copy, and I will review from Paramount, a season 22 of South Park on Blu-ray. Yes, I will talk about South Park on this show. That's all in upcoming episodes of Ramble with Russell. That is it for me. I hope you stay cool in this hot, warm weather, and we'll catch you next time right here on the show. And as I said, first people who tweet me those response, I will get you, we'll get the train rolling to get you copies of those releases. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.